Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Unlock your creative potential and accelerate your spiritual unfoldment. 
complete with full-color illustrations by fine artist Jonathan Wilshire. The breath and the splendor of the spiritual worlds comes vividly alive in this life-changing book. Dimitri is the co-founder with Barbara Martin and co-spiritual director of Spiritual Arts Institute in California. Um, the website is www.spiritualarts.org. It is an, he is an illuminated metaphysical teacher, healer, and co-author of numerous books with Barbara Martin. He's also the co-creator with Barbara of the SAI programs, course curriculums, and numerous workshops. He's been an instrumental. He's been instrumental in bringing Spiritual Arts Institute to the place it is today, as a premier metaphysical school. And there aren't a lot of those around, so please do check it out. An eloquent speaker on a wide variety of spiritual topics, he has lectured across the country, appeared on numerous radio shows, and leads with Barbara the workshops and training classes offered at the Institute. Welcome to Nightlight, Dimitri. Well, thank you for having me on. It's a delight to be here. Well, you know, you've got you've got one of the coolest topics of all to speak about, and certainly my audience is very <laughs> much into spiritual um, evolution and and the the expansion of the spirit and the and the reaching for the dimensions that are beyond the physical. And I mean, I could wax right. poetic on all of that, but. But I think this book is really a very precious book in that you are able to give um, give insightful ex- explanations of the different realms that the spirit does evolve through in its long, long journey um, towards towards joining source or becoming a master or whatever whatever aspect you feel the end of the journey is. Um, so, I, I mean, it, it has to be an honor to work with Barbara and be able to, she paints such fabulous pictures, and you do, with words that you see what mm-hmm. it is she's describing that she has gotten through her meditations. And and her actual experiences of being in the realm. So, uh-huh. um, absolutely. I mean, I have to talk, I think it's a good place to just start talking about her, Um uh, you know, she was basically a born clairvoyant, and this was, you know, during the Depression era when, you know, these things just weren't discussed. You know, it's nothing like today. And uh, yeah. from age three, she was starting to see these auras as a young girl. She was starting to have other clairvoyant experiences, including being taken out of her body and going to the other side. And she said, I, I wasn't, I didn't think I was dying, and I wasn't, uh, I was definitely not dreaming. But in the beginning, they were kind of, you know, pastoral, simple places and very pleasant, happy experiences. Um, And she said, I really, you know, I didn't quite understand all that was happening. I couldn't interpret the auric energies that I was seeing. And I just knew, you know, God was around me and I was attracted to certain things. The energies were beautiful and detracted if they weren't. And when she was 11, uh, her father, interestingly enough, was was a Greek Orthodox priest builder of churches so the diocese would send them to different places in the country to build up you know literally physically build the church build up the congregation so the family was constantly moving they were in kansas city missouri and she was 11 and he was building a church and uh she joined the theater company um and the woman that ran it 
called her in one day and basically said, like, well, how do you see things, Barbara? <laughs> Barbara said, what are you talking about? I see things normal. She says, no, no, how do you see things? Oh, and she said she's talking about that. And then basically the woman said, you can see the aura, can't you? And she said, I can see it too. And I'm a hermetic scientist. My mother and grandmother are both hermetic scientists. And I want to kind of teach you about your gifts. So she got her first education at, at around 11. And Dorothy had these ancient handwritten manuscripts, nothing, unfortunately, that you can get on Amazon these days. And they explained a lot of things, and it was a very illuminating time for Barbara. Eventually, the family moved, and she went to California during the golden age of Hollywood, and she started getting involved with showbiz, and it actually was becoming quite successful, but she got this inspiration, oh, you're, you're meant to be in metaphysics. So she started kind of developing her skills more steadily. She met this other woman who was a very advanced mystic herself, and basically trained Barbara to be a teacher. She, uh, Inez was her name. Inez taught only privately, but she told Barbara, no, you're going to go on the lecture platform. You're going to speak publicly. You're going to you know, go over the airwaves. And sure enough, that's what happened. Um, and she started these classes and workshops. And uh, I met her some years later, obviously. Um, I, w- I came to California to start a career in, in uh film and you know movies and television and actually that was starting to go pretty well but I was having these uh I wasn't I didn't know what metaphysics was at that time I was having these what I call them my inspiration moments they were these kind of moments of heightened awareness and again they were just wonderful they kind of came by themselves they left by themselves but at some point they got so intense it was my spiritual awakening and I say it was kind of like my saw in the road to Damascus moment. It was dramatic. But even then, I at first didn't quite understand what was going on. And then when I realized this was metaphysical, I couldn't get enough of it. And then about a year later, I met Barbara at a dinner party, and she did this meditation, and oh, it was just like an ancient door opening up again. And then I started talking to her afterwards, and you know, I had a lot on my mind, so I was pressed not only with her answers, but I started to realize oh, boy, she's talking from experience, not just something she read in a book. Um, And, uh, you know, she says I interrogated her that night, but I realized that evening she was the one that – she was my teacher. This is the one I have to study with. So we jumped in right away, and uh, she was restarting her classes at that time. And But we also realized very quickly we both loved to write. And I I got involved with sort of the, the business side of things right away, and then I really realized, boy, this isn't just personal. Um, you know, I think this is meant to be my career. And um, so we began this journey together. And some years later, you know, she had amassed all this material. But it was all like in notes. It was no books. It was no CDs, nothing like that. And so, no, we have to organize this stuff. And uh, we did. And I didn't realize as we were doing it, she was training me to be a teacher. I, I I was kind of happy being her student and uh, doing the writing work and other things, but she was sort of maneuvering me for other things. And so we started what eventually became Spiritual Arts Institute, which should really give a home for this work, a place for people to spiritually grow and develop themselves. And we opened up an institute in, in here in Encinitas near San Diego. And, you know, we've been doing uh, 
teleconferencing classes long before the Zoom era <laughs> came on there uh, so that you can join from any place in the world. And we've been writing these series of books. We've, we've got a course called The Seven Spiritual Arts, and we're writing a book for each one. This one, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution, is the fifth in the series. Um, when we tell people the first book, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, tells the world what we do. We meditate with divine light. But this tells the world who we are, a spiritual growth organization. Just as you said in your opening, we're, we're helping souls grow. That's our, our mission. That's our purpose. And hopefully the goal of this book is to help encourage people to make their growth a higher priority. I mean, I'm sure most of your listeners have had their awakening, which means that God has knocked on their door. And the point is, are you answering the call? Are you... Are you doing everything you can to live that higher life? Because it's an extraordinary opportunity. The, the higher shares has never been a better time to grow spiritually than today. I mean, to have this conversation, even not that many years ago, would have been unheard of over the, you know, over the broadcast nation, shall we say. So it's a sign of the times, and we're in a renaissance that is still very much on the ascent. So it's only going to get more and more interesting as the years go on. Well, I totally agree. I, I when I started in in this field in the '60s, early '60s. Um, oh boy! Yeah. If, if, you're you're a pioneer too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was it was it was sort of like I was teaching school in Michigan, and and I realized that if they knew what I was involved in. Where my where my true life was going to lead me, I would have lost my job. And oh, yeah, it, it, know. You know, yeah. it 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 got to the point where, um, when I did quit teaching, um, you know, they knew what I did, and they came to workshops, and you know, it was it was it was it was amazing to see the acceptance that is out there. And lately, in the last couple of years, I feel. Strongly, there has been um, a greater awakening than ever before. Uh, people are, yeah. it, it, they, they've been given time to delve into themselves and to, and to look into the, the greater picture that is in front of them. And so many people are, you know, first of all, so many people understand the difference between the soul and the spirit. And, and it's, to me, that's, that's an amazing shift and change. And, that they are looking for. Okay, so how do I make a? How do I get get into the ascension process physically in this lifetime, um, and and not waiting to not waiting until I cross over to you know sit down and have somebody right. tell me that you know this is the direction we're going. How can I start it now, and how can I right. look for those portals? now and your book gives wonderful meditations for people to start in on that process to um make the connections i mean the connections are always there it's just that we we hadn't really realized they were there and you know it was sort of right. like well I'll live my life and see you know see what it says on the other side when i get over there well you don't have to do that you can start now and well, that's why i think you your book is so important yeah yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, Yogananda said the goal is to see God face-to-face -face while in a physical body. Now, he didn't mean yeah. literal face-to-face, -face, but he meant awakening the God experience. If Earth is a schoolhouse, 
yeah, you're right. You've got to learn your lessons here, not not when you leave school. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the purpose of the physical plane. I mean, in yeah. in the spiritual realm, you don't you're not able to experience the physicality that you can while you're down here. So it's it's sort of like everything is is a lesson and everything is built upon. But what do you when somebody comes to you and says, "Okay, I want to really work on um, my spiritual development," and you know, and, and of course, probably the first thing is meditation. But but you know, everybody it, it's it's interesting. Everybody wants to know, okay, what level am I on? And it's not a mm-hmm. matter of what level you're on. Actually, it's it's a matter of how are you surrendering to the guidance of the other side. Well, boy, you bring up so many interesting things. Um, so, yes, so first of all, let's, again, from, and I'm sure maybe your listeners are aware of this already, but th- what actually is spiritual growth? What does that mm-hmm. actually mean to grow spiritually? So we know what it means to grow from a, a child to an adult. We can see the, the physical changes, the mental, the emotional changes as you're maturing from, you know, different, as the years grow. We know there's a thing we call a path. Where does the path lead to? We know there's such a thing as growth. What does it mean to grow and how do you measure it? Well, from the metaphysical perspective, growth is the evolution through the dimensions of life. But you are doing it now. As you say, you're doing it now and you're doing it on the other side. You're doing it in both places. So right now, you and I are vibrating on a particular vibration that literally does correspond to a place on the other side. Many don't realize the other side isn't one place. It's many places. In my father's house are many mansions. So we're vibrating to that level now. So if I had to cross over today, I'd take the power, the light I've earned today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, today, and that would determine where I end up on the other side. It's not really punishment or reward. It's like attracting like. Now, if Earth is a school, most schools, you you graduate, right, from one grade to another grade to another. You know, you try to improve. You're you're learning. You're growing. You're passing stages of of growth here. So what we say is, okay, we're all ended for greatness. We don't go to heaven. You grow to heaven. That's the first chapter of the book. It's almost going to be the name of the whole Uh book. Um, But we're not all going to grow to heaven at the same pace. And in the same moment. So what we say is, okay, eventually I'm destined for that glory. But in this life, how far up the spiritual ladder, how many dimensional levels, how much change can I make in this life? And if you have had the awakening, it means it's your time to take that yoke of light. And really, it's, it's, a, it's a quantum jump. You know, we all are growing, even if we don't use the word spiritual growth, but when you're aware, there is, a, there is a seismic jump that you can make. So, okay, I, how far up the ladder can I go? That's what we need to focus on. So by making your growth a higher priority, you want to leave this earth not only better than the way you found it, but a higher level of consciousness than when you started. And the reason the aura is so important in all of this is the aura and the divine life is the fuel of your evolution. You said, how do you start the growth? Well, you start by earning light. 
Your light is your passport to eternity. It's your passport to the other side. So as you earn more spiritual power through all the good things that you're doing and through meditation, absolutely meditation is foundationally important, you're building up your auric field. And you will take your light with you. You're not going to take your fame, your fortune, your good looks. <laughs> well, you might take your astral body <laughs> might look pretty nice. But, you know, you're yeah. going to take your, your light. You're going to take your L-I-G-H-T. So that's the most precious thing you possess. It's much more important than money and all these other things. As important as money is. I'm not downgrading the value of money. But light, you need to earn that light. So, yes, meditation is foundation. We, it's so funny when we teach it. Some people say, well, I don't have time to meditate or I got the monkey mind. You know, I can't concentrate while I, I meditate. And it's kind of like a skill like anything else. Just learn to quiet the mind, make room for it in your life, and watch how everything starts to fall into place. Exactly. And, you know, there are, I, I, I mean, there are many meditations in, your, in the book, which are all fabulous and beautifully written. Um, but, you know, if, if somebody has never meditated, empty, empty mind meditation is a good way to start where you start with two to three minutes of just emptying your mind and just sitting in silence and then extending it so that, you know, you can, you can integrate other things into it. I think the one thing, too, that, that people don't realize is that past lives, you know, there, there are aspects of past lives that we carry lifetime to lifetime to lifetime as well so that we are we're adding to the piggy bank in many different ways. Um, oh, and, yeah. And just in our well, – you... so that so, – Go ahead. No, I was going to say, now you're touching on another gigantic topic. Um, yep. You can't climb the spiritual pinnacle in a single life. So yeah. we come in many, many lives. It's kind of like grades in school to evolve. So, yes, we all come in with unfinished business. We all come in. It's kind of like there's this giant novel, and, you know, we kind of jump in on page in, in the middle chapters, and this, there's this whole history that happened before. And there's this history that's still yet to be unfolded, and we're kind of in the journey. So you have to pay attention to that because, you know, you may be drawn to certain people or certain things, and there may be a, you know, a past connected to that. And there's a, um, there may be a reason you're with the people. For example, if, you know, your family, your loved one. Of course you've known them in past lives. Of course you've been with, involved with them before, and you're coming back again to continue the the relationship to improve or work through things and all of that part of the, the journey. So reincarnation gives the time, the soul time to grow. I mean, it's unrealistic to try to think in the short frame of time we have in this life, it will determine all of our eternity. That's a heck of a lot of pressure. But the idea <laughs> yeah. that we were, <laughs> we're always given a second chance, even if we muff it up, uh, is a very consoling. I love Arthur Ford when, I mean, Arthur Ford, uh, Henry Ford, when he adopted the theory of reincarnation, he said, when you write this you know, interview, write it so it puts people's minds at ease. Because when I got this, I realized there's time to create. We don't have to finish everything in creation in this life. All we have to do is finish the task that we were given. And when, if you finish your potential, finish your purpose in this incarnation, there's nothing more satisfying. You'll be given time to do other things. You know, 
there's Barbara's talking about one one story when you know there was a gentleman you know she knows people from the other side is okay he was very good I think he was an accountant he did a great job caring for his family he loved to sing you know but he never really got to do it in this life well he crossed over and guess what he was doing he was singing so we don't always get to you know we have our priorities it's the things we got to get done in this life, we got to make sure we pay attention to the things that are absolutely essential. But in time, it's all going to play out, and we're all, all going to get it all done. Just make sure you're taking care of the things that are in front of you. You know, sometimes we're looking too far ahead or too far behind. You know, God isn't in the pre- future or the past. God is in the present. So make sure you are living where you are here and now. And, yes, of course, plan for your future. But live now. Live where you are here. Yeah, and I think the the one thing that, that is hard for so many people to grasp is that the spirit is is immortal, eternal. So that mm-hmm. literally when you say you have all the time in the world, that's true. Um, there, yeah. there have been moments in my life when I've, I've taken a look at stuff and said, I'll get to that next lifetime because it's going to happen in the next time. <laughs> I'd love to be able to figure out how to roll over my credit cards to the next lifetime, too, but I'm pretty sure I haven't figured <laughs> Tap in that, the, that tap isn't going to happen. Tap bank accounts, yeah. Yes. But I think it's amazing that, that when, you, when you stop to think about it, our spirits have been on a journey for, journey for probably thousands, millions of years, and and so to be able to have an awakening in a lifetime where where you can take a look around and you can you can understand where where you're coming from where other people are coming from where where you can teach yourself to see and feel auras where empathy can be something mm-hmm. you can develop where where you are where books like yours make people aware of different ways that you can utilize um inspiration and and you know intuition and expand your 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 um your ability to to reach into other people's energy fields and and use them um so so often in the past people haven't even dabbled in this and today there are scientists that are actually working on proving that this energy exists which is fabulous well there is a new science that's emerging because Let's face it, uh, materialism is not going to solve the problems of the world. And materialistic science will not solve the problems of the world. So, and it was an artificial creation anyway. You know, so um, the scientific method is absolutely fundamental, but you can apply it to spirit as much as you can to apply anything physical. Um, just have to use the same laws, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we're there. It is a very interesting dynamic change in attitude, and you've got more converging points of view. And in some ways, science and spirituality are almost like back-to-back now. They're getting very close. They just still need to sort of turn around and look at each other a little <laughs> bit more directly. But it'll, it'll get to that. It'll get to that. The truth always oh, wins absolutely. at the end. You know, yeah, yeah. But you brought well, up I... a very other point is um, the other side, you know, we get our inspiration now from the other side. So uh-huh. again, some do think, well, inspiration, I mean, the other side's great, but we'll talk about it, you know, when I'm getting ready to die or that kind of thing. I'll deal with it when I cross over. 
No, but your everything that's been created here was first, first created there. So by getting more in touch with the inner realm, so to speak, you are getting more in touch with your own inspiration. So that's another reason you want to be feel that closeness to the world of spirit because it's it's part of your life right now. It's it, it's part of everything that you're doing now. So you know the the inspiration, the light, the wisdom, it's all coming from somewhere. It's not mm-hmm. just floating in the atmosphere. And these inner worlds are where it's coming from. And um, Again, you want to be in touch with, you know, you may not be able to say where, where, where an inspiration is coming from, but you want to be open to inspiration. And the challenge with inspiration is that it, you can't control it. You know, it's going to come and in its time. The only thing uh-huh. you can do is orient your life and orient your consciousness so that you're ready for it. Now, I used to play a lot of piano, and I love the stories of, like, Beethoven, you know, he they say you'd be having ah. lunch with a guy, and right in the middle of lunch, right, he'd be getting this wild look in his eyes, and they say, oh, you know, he's getting some musical idea. And he would say, I'm sorry, lunch over, I got to go. You know, he totally mm-hmm. surrendered to his muse. Now, yeah, that might have made him a little bit difficult to live with, but if he hadn't <laughs> have done that, we probably would have been missing some of the concertos or the symphonies. Or the other, you know. Oh, my, so yeah. Gotta, when you get the inspiration... It's, it, there's a reason it's coming to handle when he wrote that great hallelujah chorus, which he did in record time. Oh, yeah. He literally said, as I was writing it, I was in heaven. I was in heaven. So he yeah. was essentially musically describing what he was actually experiencing. Yeah, there are several of the, yeah. the, the major composers that, that have have said things like, you know, I have, I have been working with celestial music and and hearing the the angels sing and you know all sorts of stuff like that and yeah it is mm-hmm. well, there music is comes from and, the inner world. Yeah, I was going to say the 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 element of music and the frequency of the tones and everything does does take you out of body and and if you drift with it you you do see magical things. Um, there's I think one of the the important things too in in your book is you. You you lay out the fact that there are numbers of different spiritual realms, and and they and it it feels as though as you move up the ladder, so to speak, through the different realms, and you know the the um, gosh the astral, the mental, the causal, and the etheric, and then of course the heavenly realms, that that there is, I got that there was a sense that you became lighter and lighter more being of light that you lost density in order to flow into these different levels and i i i think it was amazing how you, how she explained and you explained the different levels and the kinds of things that were worked on in the different levels and the kind of direction the soul would take at, in these different levels as far as expanding right. its consciousness right. I mean, it was very profound. No, I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, that's also reflected when we, you know, the the book, as you mentioned, is beautifully illustrated. Um, And we were, we knew we wanted to depict the other side, but we said, what do you do? Do you you make like a travelogue, you know, a series of really beautiful images, but then we did exactly what you're saying here. No, let's tell a story through the pictures. So there are eight of them and they represent eight Uh different dimensions where key 
things happen in our evolution. So it is a dimension of life that you can literally be on, and it's as real as where we are right now. But also it's a state of consciousness, and also it's a phase in your evolution. So, okay, the seventh astral world, that's where you reach your enlightenment. That's where you awaken the godly presence, but it's hardly the end of the journey. It's like you were blind and now you see. And now a whole new phase of your world opens up as an enlightened soul. So we were trying to show that to experience, like just like you're saying, these are places, you know, people think of heaven as a place to aspire to, but it is a place to aspire to, but it's also a state of consciousness that you have to embody here in physical life. So as you become of the heavenly vibration here, that's what will make you ready to be a citizen of the actual heaven worlds. And we are meant to be part of it because we came from the highest realm. We are, we are creations of the ultimate, you know, and this is a pilgrimage. We started as infants and now we're growing. We're, we're, we're literally becoming spiritual co-creative beings. I think that some people have the impression, and, and you know, everybody, when, when you cross over, basically you sort of initially get what you expect, but, but I, 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 I try to explain to people that it is not a celestial rest home. It's a school, and you're not going there to sit and you know, fish. You can probably sit and fish, but, but the element is that, that you're, you're more... You're more involved in consciously moving forward spiritually than you are here, so that so that there is work that is done on the other side, and and you know you you don't just sit uh, lay by the fire and eat bonbons. It just doesn't happen. And you know well, that's, when when that's people the image think, of heaven, right? Yeah, the heavens is you're 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 on clouds and you're you're playing harps all day long, and you know that's kind of what you do and. <laughs> And say, well, gosh, if that's what I'm going to do in heaven, sounds kind of boring. But but what we like to say is, no, think of it the opposite. There's more creativity there. You are more creatively active in heaven. Imagine your most creative day here on earth and multiply it by 100. And now you're yeah. trying to get an idea of what it's like to be in heaven. You're more active there. You're more expressive. You're more creative because you've earned all that power and awareness to be able to do that. You know, God is a creator. You're, you're, you're being part of a creative process. We are creative beings inherently, but we're learning to become more creative. So it's more exciting further up the ladder you go. Yeah, and it is, it is like a ladder, um, but, but I, I kind of, I, you know, you use the term ladder, and when you use the term ladder, all I saw was a spiral upwards. So... Maybe it's a twisty ladder. Um, it, it just felt to me as though there was a, a greater flow to it. There was a, a gentle, a gentle movement up and up and up and up. And you know, you did mention the different levels. Um, it, it, you, you have the different realms, but in those realms there are levels as well. So that, so yeah. that there's. Yeah. There's 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 movement in subtle directions each lifetime, and and you don't you don't. It's not a one-shot deal. You might spend um, many lifetimes on a, a one particular level because that's where oh, that's course. where your growth 
you know, and most people think, well, but that's what I did, it takes. you know. That's what it takes. Yeah, and, you know, but, but um, so many people many think. many lifetimes, yeah. Yeah, so many people think, well, I had, you know, I, I know I had a lifetime here and here and here, so now I just have these lifetimes to go, and then I'll be at the top. No. <laughs> um, journey, the other thing it's we an amazing realize, journey. Is um, <laughs> this is a little bit the the realistic part? You know, our evolution is not a straight line upward. Mm. It's not no. like one <laughs> lifetime is automatically better than the next. So what happens is you have these lifetimes where you do make a lot of progress, and then another lifetimes where you muff it up. So it's a little bit more like a stock market graph. It kind of looks up and down, but the overall trend is upward. So sometimes we're in what's called a redemptive life, uh-huh. meaning we have reached maybe a pinnacle. We've lost it somehow, but this is the life where we can recapture it. And if this is a redemptive life, it means you can make leaps through realms because in a sense you've already done it. And now you're trying to, you've paid back your karmic debts, you've worked out the mistakes of whatever caused you to fall to begin with, and now it's, the divine is saying we're giving you the chance to recapture. So, you know, this time is not only a time where um, many are making a leap from one dimension to another. It's a time of calling old souls home, where some mm-hmm. that have climbed quite wonderful places but maybe are not exactly where that point right now are given that opportunity to take their place and fulfill because this is that magic time. The accelerated growth is stronger today than it's ever been. We Uh see acceleration in all facets of life. My God, look at the pace of the pace of life today compared to 50 years ago. Come on. Oh my (laughs) gosh. It's pretty dramatically changed. Yeah. You know, but that's happening spiritually too. There's there's a spiritual quickening that's happening. There, there is, and, you know, sometimes people misunderstand the purpose of a lifetime sometimes. And um, I've, I, I've known a couple people that have said, well, I've perfected so much that I'm here now to teach other people. And to my mind, we teach by, by not, not by words, certainly, but, but more so than anything else, by by how we live our life and how we function within life and how we treat other people those those if you if you say you're a teacher and that's how you're teaching i would say you're right but um you know and then there are people like you guys who who put together an organization where where people are safe and and able to to understand and grow through that process but so many people today right think it's an easy trip it's it is an easy no. trip it's just much longer than people no. think well but look nothing value is you know with no effort it's not worthwhile right. if it was easy it would not be worthwhile you it's think of when it's anything where you've really struggled with something, conquered it. You know, you climbed Mount Everest. You know, you thought you were going to die trying to get up there, and but you did. There's a sense of satisfaction that just can't be made any other way. So it's, it's okay that it 
of course, it is the most exciting and most demanding adventure there is because, look, in any other endeavor, you are perfecting a part of you. So Beethoven was perfecting, let's say, his musical part. But and in evolution, <clears throat> every part of you has to be developed. Nothing can be left undeveloped. So it is the most demanding, but it's also the most rewarding. But again, you like as I think you're trying to say is you have to pace yourself in the journey. You're not going to reach perfection overnight. And anybody that says enlightenment in five easy steps, run the other way. They either don't know what they're talking about or they're trying to deceive you. And there's been a lot of those oh, yeah. people that claim easy easy access to the spiritual height. It doesn't work that way. Look, I, even Barbara, with all her gifts, it was 20 years of training before she was really a teacher. There are a lot of what uh-huh. we call half-bakes out there. They learn a couple of things, and suddenly they think they're teachers. And no teacher, you know, if, if you're in this earth, it's because you have something to learn. You're uh-huh. in school because you need to learn. Even the great, you know, advanced souls were still learning they were just learning on a different level if i'm learning in kindergarten it's different than if i'm learning you know my phd but we're both still learning in different ways so the great ones even like the buddha had his challenges had his test which he could have failed you know jesus had his test he could have failed it's not a test unless you have the option to fail (laughs) so there there has to be those trials my my philosophy on teachers is that if that that no no teacher should try to teach an aspect or a lesson that they have not experienced themselves right because unless right. you're teaching right. from experience um your words are empty and um exactly that's, that's uh, exactly and that's I mean that's why eight what we say is yeah I was going to say, Go okay, you're, 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 you're learning something here, but don't just simply accept it because we're teaching it. Put it to the test yourself. Yes, it, we have proven it for ourselves, but you uh-huh. put, first of all, it's not our ideas. It's coming from the higher. We're not making this stuff up. So you put it to the test, and your own experience of it will be the own validation of it. So you're the, uh-huh. you're the alchemist. You're the spiritual scientist. You're the one that's going to do it. And sometimes it will take time to put some of these things to the I mean, simple things like, it sounds simple like forgiveness, right? We can say yeah. I forgive, but it doesn't mean we've done it. And yeah. so that can be a lesson that some of us will learn for many, many years. You know, my, my father was a, a psychiatrist, and he said uh, um, one of my kind of naivete when I first started is I would sometimes know what was going on with a person, and I would just say it. I would say, this is what's the issue. And they get mad at me. You know, they're paying money to get a medical advice. You're giving it to them, and they're getting angry, and it's because they weren't ready to hear it. Uh-huh. So he would say, sometimes I would, they would spend years in therapy to come to that conclusion for themselves. But guess what? It was years well spent, because until you see it for yourself, it doesn't really have value. If I say something to you, it's not the same thing as you experiencing it for yourself. You can say something to exactly. me, Dimitri, I know that I sense this about you, to, you know, recognize your advice, but until I really see it happening inside of me, I won't really do anything about it. 
you know, many times when Barbara was doing her readings years ago, you know, they would treat her like a psychic. Oh, tell me who I'm going to marry and, you know, all that. Even if it was blazing and lights in the auric field, you know, it, it's you to discover. And interestingly enough, the very, very rare times where she would just kind of more point blank say something it was very rare. They never did it anyway. So it, it hmm. doesn't it doesn't work unless, you know, a, a teacher helps point the way. But we have to do our own growing. And that there's no other way around yeah. it. And, you know, we have a section in the book about, some of the pillars of what to do. Meditation, you said, is absolutely number one. Uh, we meditate uh-huh. with divine light, and that is a fantastic way. But, you know, one of the basics, the way you live your life, your ethics, your morality, your, your, your code of conduct. I mean, every spiritual tradition, whether it's the Ten Commandments, the Golden Rule, the Eightfold Path, all of that's conduct of living. You've got to live it. And there are people who are growing better and faster by living it, even if they don't use the word spiritual, then people that say, oh, I'm very spiritual and I'm growing, and it's more spiritual <laughs> egotism rather yes. than actually growing. So, so you said I, that earlier yeah, in the show, yeah. you know, you better be living, walking the talk. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things, too, that, that I felt, I, I, I'm not sure you directly said it, but I felt it, is that, that this process is joyful. And mm-hmm. becoming more oh, evolved it's very and exciting. becoming more it it's 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 a joyful experience. And if you aren't feeling joy inside of yourself, then then you have to step back and say, okay, let me just change my my focus a little bit because I'm not feeling the kind of joy I think I should be feeling. And and if when you get it right, it flows so unbelievably for you and there is a sense of exhilaration and joy that comes from being in the right place that whether it's meditating whether it it's it's being creative whether it's speaking a truth that is just so unbelievable you can't believe it there is joy that tr- that that triggers something inside of you so you know i hit something right there is something special yeah. here and and that's a- I mean, yeah. it, it's, the, it's the greatest gauge, you know. Am I on the right pathway? Are you full of joy? No, then you're not. Step back, take a look, change what you need to change, and when you're joyful, then you'll know you're there for the moment. Well, you, you want to make problem. sure you're not letting the cares of life cloud, you know. I mean, yes, I was extremely excited when I, I mean, I completely changed my life. When I had my way, it was, people thought I was nuts. They were saying, you've been in California way too long. Time to come home, you know. Um, but there was, like you say, the sense of excitement. It's kind of like you discovered something amazing and all the, the amazing stuff connected to that. Uh, now, you, you do have to, be, you have to be careful how you navigate through things because my mistake early on is I didn't realize others weren't sharing in that same joy. <laughs> you know? So sometimes I was a little too chatty. Sometimes I was a little too, uh, I assumed everybody was having their spiritual awakening like I was. You know, again, it was just so new to me. And Barbara sometimes would say, shh, just be, low, be more low-key about it. Um, so I learned that with yeah, time. I think that, you know, and also learned don't try to push anybody because if they haven't had their awakening, well, you know, if I had met Barbara before my awakening, I would not have recognized her as my teacher. I had to have well, the awakening you know, I think, first. I think one of the, the 
the the only downside is that when you when you have this kind of a joyful exhilarating experience you look around and it's like who can i share this with and 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 people won't understand it uh, unless of course they've had the same type of experience and for the most part usually it happens when you know, there's nobody around. My cats get a lot of it. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> let me tell you this. And, and and it's like, feed me and I'll listen. And But it's it's just, you know, you get, sometimes I get off a radio show and I am just so exhilarated because it was so magical. And it's like, who can I tell? And, and you know, it, it, it's that kind of an experience. And you can't share it, but you want to. So, so you do something that you can share. You know, I'll do writing or I'll put stuff up on the website or I'll do something where I can channel that energy into something that's, that's, that's um, positive and helpful for other people or something like that. So, well, uh, you know, it, we're, it, we're, social, we're social beings, and it, fellowship mm-hmm. is really important. You know, that, that's a very important point. You're, you know, you need to, you know, we're fellow spiritual travelers, right, and we need to kind of support each other in the journey and, I think that's one of the joys of, of doing this work is, you know, meeting people like yourself. I mean, you're meeting people that are trying to better their life. You're meeting people that are, are trying to. And those fellowships, you know, they say the ties of blood run deep, but the ties of uh-huh. spirit run deeper. And Absolutely. the bonds that can be created in the world of spirit are beyond anything else because they're, they're not bound by space and time, you know, so – they're 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 essentially eternal. You know, you we we say this about loved ones that we you know that have crossed over. Say, look, no love is ever lost. You they may be gone from this side of life, but you'll reunite with them. You know, they say, well, will I see my 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 father, my mother, my husband, my wife? And if there was love, yes. If there wasn't, no, probably not. The love will reunite the two of you, and even pets. If you've been loving a pet for like 10 years, 20 years, you better believe that pet's waiting for you on the other side. Because oh, I have a whole menagerie. Yeah. Well, oh, that you probably I, I've do. Got, <laughs> oh, I, I've, got, I've got a good 20 or 30 over there. So I'm, I'm you know, oh, my some goodness. of them I'm really. You're going yeah, no. to have a zoo over there. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be nice. Yeah. I am. And the reunions are well, fun. The reunions are fun. Yeah. Well, I think that, that it's, it's, it's important for everybody to – to understand that that there's so much you can do in the here and the now that that even even through meditation can take you to those other realms so i mean this book is important for people in that you know there are instructions there there are, there is guidance there. there there's also you know guidance on the other side as well and you know I, we haven't gotten into the fact that there are there are teachers and guides that are on the other side that that work with us here on this plane as well. So that do yeah. understand that yeah. there is protection yeah. and guidance, you know, in the physical realm as well. And and it, it's a matter of being aware and being um, sensitive to what's going on around you because you can sense them, you can feel them, and you can know that that there is guidance now. You know, I, I don't know about pulling you, you know, from in front of a, you know, a locomotive, but, you know, we are here also to work through lessons. So that means that sometimes, you know, difficult things happen in our lives because we need to stretch ourselves and grow through them and beyond them. 
but but there is guidance so that so that if you're paying attention you you can you can get insight into the whys and the wherefores a lot better and not say oh i was just unlucky because because there i i don't believe that things are unlucky i i believe they are challenges and if you step back and say all right how do i get through this in a creative way how do i make it be positive for everybody and if you're if you're looking for that kind of an attitude and direction, you'll get it and you'll find it and you'll find lessons much easier. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're hitting on another like fundamental key. You know, one of the challenges we had with the book is, you know, like with the aura book. Okay, you zoom in on the aura. Karma book, you zoom mm-hmm. in on karma. But if you're talking about evolution, you have to weave in several spiritual principles. You can't tell the story with just one. And the other no. side is one of those principles. We talked a little bit about the aura. We talked about karma. That you, I mean, reincarnation, you have to come back. And now you hit on the other one, what we call the spiritual hierarchy. You are not walking the path alone. You are guided throughout your journey in life. You could be on a deserted island, and you're still never alone. Uh, there's a beautiful saying in the Talmud, for every blade of grass, there's an angel bending over saying grow. So everything in life is supported from the inner world. And the, the, the problem, not the problem, but the challenge here is the support is hidden. You don't see it unless you're, shall we say, clairvoyant. But on the other side, the veil is lifted. So one uh-huh. of the most beautiful things on the other side is you're – you're not any more evolved over there. You're not suddenly a saint when you cross over. <laughs> okay. and, but the realms are understood to be guided over by these divine beings. So they're, imagine now if we lived our life here on earth with awareness of the angels and the archangels and the interaction with them. Imagine how, but our, our, our spiritual status hasn't changed. We're exactly where we are as far as that for right now. But suddenly we realize there's this whole other dimension of life helping us now. Imagine how civilization would behave. It would be quite different. But that's how it's run on the other side. So there are places on the other side that are so much like Earth. If you would cross over, you would think almost like, I didn't even leave Earth. And, of course, other ones are more, you know, more elevated in that sense. But all the realms, regardless if it's more primitive or more developed, the hierarchy is working with them. So there's this interaction, even with souls that are in their very primitive stage, long before they would incarnate on earth. They understand that there's this interaction. They may not fully understand who the angels are and the holy ones, but they know they're kind of this guiding force. So that's what makes the other side, you know, obviously a pleasant place. Things are moving in their in their natural rhythm. Here, it's a little more complicated because we do have the physical veil. We do have the, uh-huh. you know, the, the, the thing that's drawn. But we have to seek it out a little harder here. But again, like we were saying, with greater effort comes greater reward. It is harder here. But they also say you can grow faster here than you can grow anywhere else because right. of the challenges. Unfortunately, you can also fall off the path faster here than you can. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the point is to stay on your hobby horse. You know, don't get caught.
caught up in the doom and gloom stuff of the world and, you know, it, it'll take care of itself. I, I've often had um, arguments with the other side about, you know, I thought I did this already, you know, and I, are we repeating it because I didn't do it right or I didn't do it well? And, you know, or can we skip this one and go on to the next? Um, <laughs> but, but it, but yeah, and and I often get laughter back. You know, that's exactly what I get. It's it's almost like they they seem to be amused that I'm trying to bargain with them. Um, yeah. I haven't well, I haven't that, quite won a, an argument yet, but but I, I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. Well, that will be defending noticed, your life, you know. <laughs> oh yes, I love yeah. that life. What were you in a past yeah. life? Lunch. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that was a good movie. I just right. noticed our time, and we are almost out of it. Um, I want to thank you so much. Um, we could go on for hours and hours, but um, I, I know you have a schedule and stuff. But um, you want to give your website and so, so people yes. can find you yes. and the school? Yes. Well, thank you also for all your knowledge. You know, we I, I do a, quite a few interviews, and not that many are as knowledgeable about the general subject as you are. So it was, it was very helpful to, to interact on this level. So I appreciate that. Um, yes, our, our website is spiritualarts.org. Uh, of course, the uh-huh. book is Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. You can get it in bookstores or online. And we do have plenty of classes, workshops, events. So we invite you to, you know, whether online or if you're local to the Southern California area, um, please visit us. Um, you know, we are, you know, we are a wonderful fellowship and, and, you know, it's wonderful to meet people that are sharing the same journey together. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'll, you know, don't know what the calendar holds, but, you know, it would be fun to get you back on again to grill you a little more. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> we'll figure that one out for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for for being here and for sharing your wisdom and knowledge and and Barbara's and please thank her as well because the book is beautifully yes. beautifully written. Yes, yes, I will so, pass it on. Thank you so much. Okay, doke, and thank you everybody for listening. Um, it's been a pleasure ch- talking about this material. You, you know, it's my it's my wheelhouse and and. I adore all of the insight that this book has given, and I, I strongly, strongly recommend it. It's, a, it's an excellent, excellent book. Thanks for, thanks for listening, and um, check us out next week. This will be up on YouTube tomorrow, and uh, check it out there. Uh, this book has, has a great deal of magical stuff in it. It, it would be fun for you to read and, and experiment with and uh, gain insight from. Thanks again, everybody. We'll be talking to you next week. Good night.